0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 162 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. I am your host, Lucas Egan. My co-host Ryan Smith is out sick. Uh, both him and his little ones are under the weather, so we are wishing him a speedy recovery, and we look forward to welcoming him back next week. However, I am joined this week by a very special guest, uh, someone that I have been. Very excited uh, to talk to you. We are joined by the former mayor of Las Vegas and a member on numerous boards, including Caesars Entertainment, the Esports Entertainment Group, and more. Please join me in welcoming Jan Jones Blackhurst. How are you doing today? Just terrific. Thank you
1: so much for inviting me, and it's just an absolute pleasure to join you.
0: We are honored to have you on, and we I look forward to hearing from you soon because you're one of the keynote speakers at the Casino Esports Conference, which is, oh my goodness, a, a week away pretty much now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine that you must be looking forward to, to that uh, convention here coming up. I am. Perfect. Now... You have a long history, uh, obviously, with Vegas, the casino industry, and in the esports industry. So if you can take me back a little bit, when did you start to see the importance uh, of the intersection of of the casino and esports industry? And what made you want to to get more heavily involved in that sector?
1: You know, it's interesting, even uh, so going back probably as far as 2015, 2016, at Caesars, we had a new chief technology officer. His name was Les Hotnegie. And he was a great believer then that esports was going to be the evolution of the gaming industry and that we needed to start looking even back at, at that time in what the casino of the future would look like and we did a lot of testing, you know, at Caesars, doing different rooms. We knew there was a younger player that really wasn't attracted to traditional gaming games or machines. Uh And that if we could find a way to equitize eSports, which was growing exponentially, both the market, the players, the interest in the games, that that would be the next way that the gaming industry could expand, grow, and be relevant to a new and younger market
0: when you start to to really think about that and and to discuss that, what sorts of things did you start to find that were important? What were those pillars that were going to be able to allow the casino industry to appeal to that uh, next generation? Uh, of players here and to, to be able to attract them to your properties? We
1: needed to find a way to incorporate their games into our properties, and, and therein was the problem. Because how do you create a game where you can control that the players are of age, that it will meet regulatory compliance? And the Nevada Gaming Policy Committee held a meeting on esports as far back as November of 2016. And it seemed then, as it does still to me now, that esports was going to be the next big happening in the gaming industry. And in the 2017 legislative session, they actually sponsored a Boyd School of Law bill known as SB 240 that began to look at what would esports regulation look like. The regulators wanted to take their cues from the legislature. And so they accomplished by Breathly permitting sports wagering and other events. So, the legislation was supposed to provide another clear expression of policy that esports wasn't limited to handbook wagering only and to allow for paramutuals and provide flexibility for new emerging wagering events. But as much as everybody loved the concept, we still haven't been able to move to actually making that a reality but i would put in contacts 3 years ago who would have thought that sports betting <laughs> would be where it is today and that the leagues would be a part of it and and giving skin so i think that esports is still just everybody wants it we want to know how to monetize it we want our players to be able to take advantage of the games and the activity We're just not quite there from a regulatory perspective. Although uh, one caveat there would be that New Jersey actually did legalize and and we did a small test at uh, the Hard Rock in Atlantic City with Odin and EEG where players could bet against, play against each other's. And you could wager on the outcome, but it's more like a poker game. The the house takes a Vig. You know, you're you're not because that's been one of the other issues with sports betting is how do you calculate the odds?
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point, because with the sports books, obviously we have we have years of, of data and experienced uh people who are setting some of those odds there and and when we're, we're entering kind of an esports world, calculating that. Oh gosh, I can't even imagine the challenge that brings. Uh, and and to me too, it also seems like a challenge is that unlike traditional sports, you're gonna have games kind of come and go in popularity. Uh, whereas you know in football, you've got the the NFL or the NBA in basketball, and and that's those are gonna be steadfast. H- have you discussed what it would take to to uh? open up to an industry where by its nature, you know, these titles are going to have their peaks of popularity, but then also new titles are going to come in and kind of knock them off their perch.
1: Well, I think that's where it's interesting. This whole concept of making it like you're betting, you're betting on a player rather than a game. So you don't really care what the game is because you're betting like in poker on the skill of a player.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense there.
1: And so I think that I think there's going to be other opportunities again as it as it evolves, and we learn how to regulate it and make sure that the games are being played only by adults. Um, but but you make a really good point there that people get attached to a certain game, but in esports, those games are always changing.
0: You know, and it's funny too because uh, I'm. I'm kind of a recreational poker player, so I do like the the poker analogy there. Uh, what what sorts of lessons can you take from from seeing that industry, uh, maybe both good and bad that you think that can help the eSports industry just in general maybe avoid past mistakes or or get off to a stronger start?
1: you know, if you go back historically, you know the World Series of poker was owned by binions uh-huh and only it was a very elite group that came in and played. You know, it wasn't necessarily such a big brand. It, it was a big event for Binion's downtown and for very skilled poker players who came from around the country. When it was purchased by Caesars in 20, it may have been like 06, the difference was we started to bring it to scale. Uh And one of the the true differentiating factors was ESPN began to cover the final table. So all of a sudden you had this huge awareness and people wanted to watch it. And they were watching the skill. They were rooting for the players. And then that expanded to a lot of recreational players, even like yourself. Mm Mm-hmm who could join games all over the country, you could play online. And so all of a sudden it just exploded because we gave so many different platforms by which you could watch, bet, participate, and in some cases win, both small amounts and large amounts. And I believe that esports, given that model, has a path to the same kind of Large scale play participation where people are playing, enjoying, and, and again, it doesn't. They can be playing different games. It's just the players are playing the same game against each other.
0: Out of curiosity, because you know, obviously, we've we've seen some pretty impressive audience numbers for for certain esports events. Doesn't you know,
1: we... I'm jumping in for a minute. I work at uh, UNLV Blackfire Campus. And we have an esports arena,
0: uh-huh.
1: and their um, big event. There were over two hundred and fifty thousand people watching the players in oh the my finals, goodness. and more than the NBA players.
0: <laughs> right? You know, so so I guess that makes me curious. Do you feel that you the esports industry needs to reach? You know, so, so going back to the poker example, you know, uh, the the money maker effect, and with ESPN, and and when the game kind of blew up there, does it need to reach that level of mass audience to to be successful, or do you think that the audience there is big enough that it could support, uh, you know, say an, an esports bending ecosystem?
1: I think that first the esports industry has to decide how they're going to enter the market, uh huh, and you know the the E-simulators, to me, seem to be one of those paths. I think that they have to decide, like right now, one of the things that came out of the legislation in 2017 in Nevada, they, they couldn't agree on um, the data, who owned the tech.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And you, you're going to have to come to agreement on that. That you know They didn't want to provide any of that to the regulators, but but there has to be a way that you can protect your IP, but still meet regulatory compliance. So I think we need to evolve to the point where we're working with regulators and they're approving both the technologies and the operators so we can come into the market. I think we then, like was approved in New Jersey, We look for two or three other states where we can get approval. Uh And then I think you start growing to scale. Okay, that makes sense. And I think as you actually have a product that the press and the sports press can watch, that they're going to be very interested. Because it's exciting. Who would have thought that watching poker was exciting? Very true. (laughs) You know, 20 years ago, like I said, it was, you know, maybe – 50 people who came to play. And now it's literally hundreds of thousands of people. And, and it's because they see it as a semi-skill game. Right. And, and I think esports is very much the same thing.
0: talking before about, you know, people being able to, to support, to bet on a player rather than a, a specific game necessarily. Uh, you know, again, kind of going back to that poker example, I think part of what, you know, attracted me uh, during that poker boom was the characters that ESPN helped craft and create and push. Uh, do you think esports, the, the industry is, in my experience, they've, they've been a little more protective of their talent um, and, you know, sometimes for good reason, right? You're, you're dealing with generally a younger uh, group of of players there. Do you think, though, that there needs to, to be those superstars, you know, of of like I always tell people, you know, you don't have to be a basketball fan to know who LeBron is. And so outside of a few like like a ninja, I don't know that esports is, is there yet or, or willing to push yet. Do you think that needs to happen to help grow to where you you think it needs to be?
1: I do. I think they have to see the entertainment. Gaming is about entertainment. People don't really gamble, even bet on sports because they think they're going to win. They bet because they enjoy it. It makes them more interested in the game. It makes them more interested in sports in general. It's, that's what the leagues learned. The more they could get their fans to be engaged in multiple levels, the more loyal they became. And it's what we learned in poker. You know, all of a sudden they found that, you know, really being a poker star meant something. And it, it didn't have to mean it wasn't inauthentic. It didn't change your game. It, it just changed people's interest in watching the game. And I think that esports has to see, to really grow and evolve, they got to understand it's esports entertainment they need to entertain, and they and instead of trying to be so protective, I think they have to see how they could grow people's enjoyment and participation in the sports.
0: Do you sense a shift toward that goal, or, or do you think this is something that still needs to to plant it plant its roots uh, in people's minds?
1: I think if we could get successful tests in in two or three states. Where we actually convene games and people see that they can enjoy it and that it's fun and that they you find players that are enjoying playing against each other, then it it will evolve.
0: Do you? I don't know if you can answer this, but uh, do you have a target list of those couple of states that you think a, a test would be successful?
1: Well, we know New Jersey because we know New Jersey regulators have actually already approved regulation. I think it's possible maybe a Colorado, maybe some of the other states, maybe in Arizona, who have done joint ventures with leagues and skins, you know, I'm really speculating because I have no knowledge other than New Jersey that they would be interested. Right. But but this regulatory piece is really important and so I think it's time, you know, our own governor in his state of the state address challenged the Nevada Gaming Control Board's technology division to take the time to educate themselves and be more progressive as they consider new products. And I would say the same thing to the esports industry educate yourself uh-huh. and maybe be a little more open to how you. Take these games and take it to a larger audience.
0: Perfect. You know, speaking of the casino industry and esports industry, obviously there's a big conference coming up here next week uh, out here in Las Vegas, uh, the Casino Esports Conference. How how did you originally kind of get involved? Did they reach out to you to possibly be one of their keynotes? Well, yes, because
1: about a year ago, I went on the board of a company called EEG uh, Esports Entertainment Group. They were the company that with Odin tested the e-simulators in New Jersey and became fascinated both by their products and their audience. And it, it was interesting because they'd attempted to support their esports division by buying online gaming because online gaming was cash flow. But then we found that online gaming, particularly for small operators, you, the cost per customer was just almost made a small operator. It wasn't possible for them to survive. But the interesting product to me were the esports product. Uh-huh. And so that got me interested in both the EEG and his company, but esports as an entertainment product of the future that is really the most interesting. Sometimes you'll hear gaming companies say, well, we're just gonna wait for the 20 year olds to become 40, then they'll like the games we have. And and my belief is no, let's understand the 20 year old, what what they like, what they play and find a way to bring a product to market that they're gonna enjoy and and allows us to grow and evolve for them to become customers in a meaningful way.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I know I'm looking forward to the conferences in general. It's actually going to be my first time attending, uh, and I'm, I'm especially interested to hear, hear you speak. What do you hope the attendees get out of it? What do you hope they learn from from this conference next week?
1: I want esports conferences to eventually be a part of big global gaming conferences, not separate and apart, Uh but it can be, it's a game that has the potential to become a significant part of the future of gaming. So maybe I want them to understand, I want to hear what they have to say about their products, what they're doing, how they feel about evolution. Even as you say, some of the really big players don't want to be you know, seen as celebrities. But I want them to understand that this gamification is the future of all gaming. Gaming, that's how gaming is. <laughs> it's just, just game playing and they have such a significant role to play uh-huh. that I'd like to see them learn how to learn more, how to be a part of that rather than thinking that being separate and independent is where they always need to be.
0: You know, so since we're part of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, uh, obviously Vegas already does a, a, a great job positioning itself in a lot of areas uh, to a lot of different industries. Uh, you know, it does attract a fair amount of gaming conventions already. Do you see the city in a good spot to to be an esports hub that I know that that at least... There are parties in the city that want that to happen. Do you you sense that that they're taking the steps to making that happen? I believe
1: they are. As I said, you know, this is a complicated puzzle. But I really believe that we're at the point that we can make this happen. But it's going to be by esports industry, gaming operators, regulators really beginning to work together to see how we make all of this fit. And like I said, three years ago, who would have thought that people would be holding every major <laughs> sports betting event centralized in Las Vegas?
0: Do you get a sense of any, I don't want to say obstacles, but anything to- to be wary of as, as we move forward or anything that we need to be conscious of to, to avoid major, major pitfalls?
1: Oh, yeah. And I think there's a lot of things. The carve-out of IP to game developers, probably in the long range, that's not going to fly. Um, just because there's a fairness issue and a regulatory issue. We certainly have to find a way to protect so that the people playing and betting, because so much of the eSports audience is underage gamers. Uh So we have to find a way to protect that. But certainly online betting has already come up with ways that we know who's, if if you're betting online, we have 99.9%. We know who you are, how old you are, where your money's coming from. So I don't think that's not a solvable problem. I think we have to find a way to incorporate it into a gaming floor. So that it's this is gonna sound like a terrible analogy, but it's almost true. it's it's like in Disneyland, you go to different lands. you know there's eSport land just like there's now it, at one point we were taking all of our poker tables out of our casinos because nobody played poker. Today we have huge poker rooms. So I see having significant eSports betting rooms.
0: Yeah, I love it. you know it, it... It kind of makes me think a little bit, too, on, and especially on, on making sure that uh, we, we know who's betting and making sure they're of age. It kind of reminds me of, of like like those daily fantasy sites, right? They figured it out that they know who's betting, uh, yes. and, and obviously that's expanded to be huge.
1: It, exactly. The, we have figured out so many complex problems. This is not c- complex to figure out, but it really does take – the traditional gaming industry and the esports industry working together. And I think the time has come. I really think, you know, when we were putting in our little mini casinos of the f- future at Caesars properties, we didn't get a lot of play, uh-huh. but it's because the players didn't know they were there. And, you know, you need to build critical mass so that it's, you keep that excitement in the entertainment component.
0: You know, obviously it sounds like Caesars is is right there, uh and and they've got the, the collective mind space in the right spot. Uh when you say though that the, the industry has to act as a uh, in kind of lockstep here to to to, to help push it forward. Well, you- I don't think all of them.
1: I, I think that some of the smaller operators I know that the D has had some interest downtown. I think Circa it, it's more that the industry has to be open and the esports providers have to everybody has to work with the regulators and then decide how they want to execute and to what scale. But you, you need to get through regulatory approval before you can do anything. And that's where I mean the industry has to work together. We have templates.
0: And I know it, it, because of all the variables at play that, that it's, it's really probably impossible to really tell. But do you get a sense of a timeline? Do you, do you have an ideal timeline and when you would like to, to reach certain markers?
1: Well, here's what I'm saying. I would be shocked if we weren't at a much higher level of gaming, esports, entertainment product in the next three years.
0: Okay. I like that. That's good to hear.
1: Yeah, now you just have to believe
0: me. I got to go make that happen. Yes, a hundred percent. And I know obviously that the Casino Esports Conference just another thing, another great thing that you're involved with. Do you have any any projects or anything that you want to talk about and want to push coming up uh, beyond that that um, that that uh, you're passionate about or that you want people to know about right now?
1: Oh, I'm just excited about the future of Las Vegas, the gaming industry. It, it's so amazing to me to watch us become the sports capital of the United States when five years ago, nobody ever thought we'd even be granted a sports team. And then they said, you know, we wouldn't have fans. And now everyone wants to be at our games, at our venue. When they did the draft, the NFL said they'd never seen anything more seamless. Now formula one's coming and they're looking to be here 10 years. Gaming is at an all-time high when it comes to participation and looking for ways to entertain our customers in a meaningful, fun way. And I think eSports is one of the really important last pieces of keeping that momentum going. It's time.
0: I couldn't agree more. Jan... Thank you so much. It, it, it is such an honor to talk to you. Thank you for taking time to come on the show. Like I said, I know you're an extremely busy person. Uh, we appreciate you coming on to talk and and uh, share some of your knowledge here.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure, and I'll look forward to uh, meeting you next week.
0: Yes. Yes, it's amazing how time flies. I swear I told somebody that it felt like it was just New Year's, and all of a sudden we're uh, at the end of February here.
1: I know. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> We're coming into March.
0: Right? Uh, Thank you again, and thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to this episode of Land Parties. Ryan, we hope, will be back next week nice and healthy. Hopefully, his kids have a nice, quick recovery. As always, you can find us on Twitter, at Pod, at Smitty2447, or at LucasAgan. And we hope you enjoy your weekend. And as always, we love your faces. Thanks, Lucas.